Um, I'm going to introduce our, our brother Eugene. Uh, I've known this brother for a couple of years now, and it's such a blessing. And I'm sure yeah, you guys know him too, but just such a, a faithful servant of the Lord. And, uh, you know, he has a very, very cute little daughter who looks exactly like him. Um, but uh, this morning, we get the privilege to uh, hear from him. And uh, I know he has a, a word that he, he wants to share. And so let's just give him a, a, just a, a great welcome and applause and just a thankfulness for him this morning. My uh, Bible page ripped out. Uh, it, j- it just so happens that the text that we'll, we'll be reading today, one verse is on the bottom, and the next verse is on the, the the next page. And so I was flipping back and forth so many times that it came out. And so I thought it'd be easier if I just read it like this today. Um, Thanks for the introduction. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know me again, my name is Eugene Kwok. Um, the, the okay, this better? Okay, sorry about that. Um, DL asked me if I wanted to use the, the wireless mic, and I was like, no, I can't, I can't do that. I can't be Bobby Brown up here <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, anyway, um, I'll do my best to hold this mic up here. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, my wife and I, Joyce, were uh, shepherds of Thailand House Church, um, um, and probably, yeah, like Albert said, probably the best part of me is uh, my wife and, and my daughter, Evelyn, and so uh, besides that, you know, I work um, in sales. I do a lot of delivery. I'm basically a delivery guy, and uh, yeah, just a regular guy, but um, it's really humbling, I think, to be here to share God's Word um, this morning, and I'll let you know right away that it's going to be a little bit shorter than, than the norm, okay? So just don't, don't be upset and throw things at me. Um, maybe we can just have longer time of prayer afterwards and things like that, okay? Um, but um, yeah, uh, we'll be reading from Galatians 6, 7 through 9. So kind of as you're turning there, I'll just kind of re- recap and remind us of uh, what we've been doing. Um, this is the second of our sermon series, right? What's in a name, right? We're Harvest, and we're taking a look at what it, what, what it means uh, to be harvest, to work towards the harvest in a biblical sense, right? Pastor David gave us the biblical imagery of that last week. He started it and say, basically, we're just exploring uh, what needs to happen within us as we follow Jesus out to the harvest field. And so, uh, you know, just a, again, a reminder, we were taught to see uh, people for who they really are, right? Shepherds who, uh, sheep who need a shepherd, Right. We were, we were taught to see that uh, not just what they are, but who they could be, the potential that they could be as a harvest. And lastly, we were encouraged uh, just to have a sense of urgency and to be able to pray as we look towards the harvest. And so uh, for today, our time, uh, our talk is titled Help for the Harvest. It's, it's the second of our series, and we'll be looking at Galatians 6, 7 through 9. And basically, um, I, I don't have all the points listed there, actually. We're going to basically be looking at the law of the harvest and, and what that uh, says in terms of uh, how we should sow our seeds and, and how we are to receive a harvest from that. We're going to look at the land of the harvest and how we sow our seeds in hopes of uh, receiving a, a harvest, a return on the seeds that we sow. And so, um, 
as well as just help uh, that we can receive and encouragement that we can receive as we uh, enter the harvest field. And so with that, uh, let's let's pray. Before I read, uh, let's pray, and then we're going to, yeah, we need some prayer today. Let's pray. Um, Father, again, it's uh, humbling to be here uh, to share your word. Um, yeah, you're just such a mighty and loving God, Lord. And uh, yeah, I just would confess that I, I feel so inadequate. Um, even just to stand here uh, with my brothers and sisters, I think especially today even. Um, but you know, I, I do pray for this time that, God, your spirit would be upon us. And that uh, as your word is um, yeah, just so real, that uh, it would speak into our hearts, into our lives, Lord God, as we look at what it means to be harvest ministry and what it means to see the harvest that's out there in the world around us, Lord God. Lord, make us sensitive to your heart. God, that we would be able to have the same passion that you do, and that we would be a people who, who uh, yeah, would run out and, and sow and, and invest our seeds, Lord God, in a way that would bring back a, 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 a beautiful harvest for you. And so, again, we ask your blessing over this time, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Okay, let's read. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is God's Word. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is just uh, the law, the law of the harvest, right? Um, and we see it here in verse 7. It says, a man reaps what he sows, right? So what does this mean, right? In the agricultural sense, uh, I, I graduated from the University of Florida. I was a microbiology and cell science major within the College of Agriculture, okay? That means nothing. Basically, the closest I was to anything farming uh, was my tassel was yellow, and they called it maize. Okay, besides that, I know nothing, okay, <laughs> of farming. But, okay, in the agricultural sense, what does it mean that a man reaps what he sows? It's very simple, right? If I plant apple seeds, right, in time, I'll have an apple tree that produces apples, right? You plant apples, you get apples, right? Pretty simple. It's not you plant apples, you get watermelons. not plant apples, get persimmons. But you plant apples, you get apples, okay? And this law of sowing and reaping, okay, applies to not just farming or agriculture, but our everyday lives, whether we're farmers or not, right? I heard that a few of our brothers, right, are at harvest have been meeting up early in the morning for morning devotion, right? And they would meet, I think, pretty like five something in the morning, and they would have their devotion, their, their time to read, be in God's word and to pray, and then they would go work out and things like that afterward, right? lift weights, right? And so we see the law of sowing and reaping here, right? These brothers are sowing physical effort, right? Discipline, dedication, among other things, right? And the expectation is that they will reap, right, pecks, right? <laughs> they would reap six-packs, guns, right? And, you know, a deeper love for Jesus as they meet, right? A man reaps what he sows, right? That's, that's what the law of the harvest says. We reap what we sow, okay? 
The second thing I want to bring up is just the land. Okay, I told you we're going pretty quick here. Okay, the, the second concept is the land. Okay, and so when we read the text, it talks about there are two different kinds of soils, right? Two options to sow our seed. The, the first is the sinful nature, right, which is our flesh. And the second is the spirit. So, we can, again, we can either sow to our flesh or sow to the Spirit, okay? So, sowing to the flesh, what does that mean, okay? In the message translation, it says, sowing to the flesh is to plant in selfishness, right? Ignoring God. In other words, sowing to my flesh is doing what pleases me while disregarding what pleases God, okay? Pretty simple, right? Sowing to the Spirit is... If sowing to the flesh is planning and selfishness, right? Sowing to the spirit is planning in a way that pleases God. Okay? And Matthew Henry says this that sowing to the spirit is to be under the guidance and influence of the spirit, living a holy and spiritual life devoted to God. Okay? So quick recap here. We have right the law of the harvest, which states you reap what you sow, right? A man reaps what he sows. We have the land, right? Two soils upon which we can sow the seeds that we have, which is our flesh, right, or the spirit. So how does the law apply to the land? Let's look at verse 8. It says, The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Okay, so it's it's pretty straightforward, right? When we sow to our flesh, we reap destruction. When we sow to the Spirit, we we reap eternal life. And so it seems like it's it's pretty common sense, right? When we read read God's Word, we would say to ourselves, why would we sow to the Spirit? I mean, why would we sow to the the flesh and reap destruction? I mean, you know, with with Halloween coming up, right, if, uh, you know, yeah, with Halloween coming up, if we go to someone's door, right, and they have two baskets, they say uh, destruction in one and uh, eternal life in the other. I mean, how many of us would really be destruction pleased, right? None of us would be, right? It's pretty common sense, but that brings us to the problem that we have, right? The problem is due to uh, the third idea that I want to bring up, and it's the lie, right? And this is found in your bulletin. This is the second point. I saw, I'm kind of a little bit out of order here, but it's the second point, um, it says, you know, we're being fed lies. And Paul writes, do not be deceived. Okay? Do not be deceived. Someone's lying to us. And we're biting into it. Hook, line, and sinker. Right? Satan's taking the law of the harvest, which says a, a man reaps what he sows. He's twisting it, distorting it, disguising it to be something other than what it is. Two lies that he says. Instead of the law being a man reaps what he sows... The first is that a man does not reap what he sows. The second, a man does not have to sow in order to reap. Let me explain. Okay, The first lie, we do not reap what we sow. Right? Satan's whispering in our ear, it's okay. It's okay to disobey God. It's, it's not a big deal. Nothing will happen. There is no consequence to our sin. And we see this from the very first few pages of the Bible. God places Adam and Eve in this beautiful garden with every fruit to eat from every kind of tree. But from one tree, he says, do not eat or you will die, right? And enter Satan, right? The serpent, he whispers to Eve, that fruit, I bet it tastes good, right? I bet that fruit, 
If you eat it, surely you won't die. Is that what God said? He even tells her that he, she would become like God, knowing good and evil. And we know the rest of the story, right? And in similar fashion, the reason why we choose to sow to our flesh over the spirit is because of this lie, right? We fail to see the consequences of sowing to our flesh. And Satan whispers, shouts, screams into our ears that this sin will make us happy, that it will make us whole, that even though our Heavenly Father warns against it, that surely sin will not bring destruction. And we believe the lie and we fall to destruction. Right? And, and Paul writes, do not be deceived. Right? The second lie is that we can still reap what we don't sow. What the lie is saying is, brothers and sisters, we don't have to sow and we can still reap the benefit. Right? There's a product available. It's called the Sport Elect Ab Toning Belt. Okay? I think it's like the cousin of the uh, Ab Contour Belt. If you've seen it on TV, it's just like this belt. You wear it. Okay, and it's supposed to work out. And this is, you know, I, I'm going to use my best uh, announcer voice and commercial voice. I, I'm kind of picking specific lines that the commercial said. It says, do you want tighter, firmer abs but don't have the time to work out? Then you need Sport Elect Ab Toning Belt. So the commercial kind of demonstrates, okay, it has these people just wearing this belt, right? And it says, Using electromuscular currents to tone muscles, you can shape, firm, and tone your abs and, and increase endurance with no exercise. Okay, none at all. You do nothing. It does it for you, right? And you see in, in the commercial all these ripped guys, right? Slender ladies, right? They're watching TV. One of them was smoking a cigar and grilling on his grill, okay? And he's got sport elect ab toning belt on. Right? And that's what this product promises, right? Maximum results with minimum cost, effort, or sacrifice. It's like uh, Shake Weight. You guys have seen that commercial, right? Shake Weight. Uh, I was looking at the commercial, right? This, this jacked guy, he's shaking this weight like this, right? And while he's doing that, it says, in six minutes, you can do with Shake Weight what it would take you 40 minutes to do another thing. Like, what is it promising, right? Maximum, right? You don't have to sow, and you can still reap. And the guy shakes, he's like, oh, that's it, right? And he's like, done, right? And, and the commercial, it seems to promise, right, that if you use this, you can look like him, right? You'll look like him with just six minutes a day, right? It's promising, again, you don't have to sow and you can reap this. That's what it's saying. And again, the lie, right, is that we can reap without sowing. And this is exactly what Satan whispers into our ears, Brothers and sisters, that we don't have to sow to the Spirit. And we can still reap the harvest of eternal life. That we don't have to pick up our crosses. And we can still follow Christ. That we don't have to obey God's word. And we can still be faithful disciples. That we don't have to pray that much. And we can still know God intimately enough. That we can give a few dollars, maybe say a prayer or two to missions and still be faithful to the Great Commission, right? The Bible says God cannot be mocked, cannot be made the fool, right? Again, as we go to the harvest field, brothers and sisters, we can't be deceived 
by these lies. We reap what we sow, and the call is that we will sow to the Spirit. And so if the lie is that we don't have to sow and we can reap, the truth is that in order to reap, right, we must sow. We must sow if we want to reap a harvest. The reaping is dependent upon the sowing. If we do not sow to the Spirit, we can't expect uh, to reap a harvest. I remember when I was on a, a mission trip to Venezuela uh, during my college years, and um, you know, similar to trips that we go on here at Harvest, uh, we were connected with the missionary and uh, the churches that he served, and we would go uh, during our time, which was about a week, it was during our spring break, right? We did things like uh, body worship, skits, VBS, share testimonies, hold rallies, different things like that, right? And because Venezuela is a Spanish-speaking country, right, everything was done through translation. And so, you know, at times, I remember feeling just frustration, right, at my inability to communicate uh, the gospel and the inability to uh, talk with people one-on-one in a more personal way. And I remember just feeling kind of down about that, feeling frustrated. But you see, God's faithful, right? You see, there were Korean families there, right? Korean families who had children, and they were, they were born there just like I was born. So I'm Korean-American. They were Korean-Venezuelan, right? And I got excited. I'm like, Koreans, right? Koreans. I'm good, right? And so I, you know, I grabbed a handful of these Korean youth, and, and I wanted to share the gospel with them. And I started thinking all these things like, you know, Okay, there's the fall of man. There's original sin. There's, you know, Jesus Christ, the propitiation for our sin. And I'm looking them in the eyes, and I go, Yesunim. Saranghe. Mani. Mani. Right? I said, basically, Jesus loves you a lot. And that's about it. That's all I could muster. And to my shame, right, my inability to communicate with the Korean-speaking youth, was pretty much about the same as my inability to speak with the Spanish-speaking youth, you know. I think my three years of high school pretty much was about the same as my, my Korean, right? And so, I mean, it's something that I regret. I think one of my big regrets in life is not being able to speak Korean language well, right? Growing up in Korean school, we always had Korean school, but, you know, I hated it. I never, I never took it seriously. You know, I never put any effort into learning. Um, I mean, and, you know, I mean, my, my three-year-old daughter, she's catching up to me in my Korean. I think, you know, my wife asked me to stop speaking Korean to her because I'm, I'm not teaching her the right way <laughs> and stuff. And so, I mean, that, that's the level of, 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 that I have. And so, you know, you know, I think back, if only I had sown more, right? If only I had taken more effort, okay, to learn the Korean language, right? Then I would be able to reap the benefit of just communicating, the free communication, right? And so in that same way, you know, if we, I mean, if we're not willing to sow, Right? We can't expect to harvest. Right? And so the question is, for the sake of a spiritual harvest, for the sake of an eternal harvest, what are we willing to sow? Is it too much to leave the comforts of a warm bed early in the morning to spend time in prayer? Is it too much to stop watching whatever it is on TV or on your phone to be in the Word? Is it too much to get out of our comfort zones, right? Maybe even do the uncomfortable thing to share the gospel with that unsaved friend or coworker. Brothers and sisters, if we don't sow, a harvest can't be reaped. 
right? John 12, 24 says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, right? In other translations, it says, instead of it produces many seeds, it says, a plentiful harvest of new lives, right? And we've seen this in the life of our Savior. And I think we as a church know this verse to be true a lot more than maybe other churches with the loss of our brother Tico. Right? We see the effects when one person is willing to lay down their life. So if we want to reap a harvest, brothers and sisters, let's be in the Word. Let's pray, you know. There's so many things that we have time for it. There's so many other things that we could cut out. And the last help, the last encouragement is don't give up. Verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not become weary. Don't be tired. Don't give up. Right? We know that if we plant something, if I were to plant an apple seed right now, it'd be silly for me to come back in a few hours expecting an apple. We know that the seed takes time to grow. It needs sunlight, water. The tree needs to come up. Even that tree needs to mature before we can expect fruit. So is it not different for the spiritual seeds that we sow and the spiritual harvest that we anticipate? I had a friend in college who, uh, he was challenged during his junior year to, to, to have a prayer list of three things that he would commit to praying for until God answered those prayers. And his three requests were, first, that he would get into the University of Florida. This is a junior, okay? The second was that he would have a car when he went to the University of Florida. And the third was for the salvation of, of his friend. And so my friend shared with me that he was praying all throughout his junior year, uh, faithfully praying for these three things. And one by one, uh, God began to answer them. He got an acceptance letter into the University of Florida, which he was, I think, kind of worried about. His family wasn't very well off, but through God's provision, they were, he was able to get a car. So praise God for that. But the last one didn't come, and so... You know, he, he was okay. It was all within one year, and he expected to pray for a long time. And so, you know, he thought, you know, two out of the three, that's pretty good. God's pretty amazing. God's pretty faithful, right? And so I, I got to know this brother in his freshman year, and he shared these things with me. And I saw him freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. It wasn't until our senior year, okay, this friend had a chance to come visit Gainesville. He's from L.A. And his friend just came, and, you know, he attended Bible. He didn't have any schedule, so he would just go to church with us and do things like that. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't anything amazing. But one day I was just talking to him, and he was like, hey, you know, I, I think I want to ask Jesus into my life. Has anybody ever come up to you and said that? Like, like you didn't have to tell them. You didn't have to ask them how they're doing spiritually. They come and say, hey, you know, I think I really need Jesus in my life, right? I almost didn't know what to say. I was like, you do? You sure? You know? I was like, you sure? He was like, Yeah. 
And I mean, it was so like when you see it, it was so evident that you know it was it was all God working through the prayers of my friend to bless this guy. Right at just the right time, he came to know Christ. And so you know, you know, I don't know what each of us is going through. I don't know what circumstances. Uh, persist in our life. I don't know what temptations maybe or sins that we struggle with and we pray for, for deliverance, but it is still, we still feel entangled. I don't know what uh, maybe family situations that you know, you're praying that this would be different, but it doesn't. It's not. It's the same. I don't know how long it would take, but I can promise, right? Because he promises that the harvest is coming. He says, don't grow weary, right? A harvest will come if you don't give up. You know, I remember hearing a sermon one time. It was talking about, you know, Olympians and the things that they endure for their sport, right? Years and years of rigorous training, what they do, what they don't do, right? Their schedule, their work schedule is all about their sport that they compete in, right? And, and, and the preacher was talking about, again, just the different things that they do. And, and he was saying that, you know, for some of them, they've been trained since they were nine, since li- they were little kids, Right? He says, they do all this, for some of them, nine seconds, right? For like a sprint, nine seconds. They train. They do all this stuff. They wait. They endure, right? All these things for nine seconds, right? And and what the pastor said was, you know, if we are waiting for an eternal harvest, right? If we're waiting for eternity, right? How much more should we be willing to endure? How much more should we be willing to go through for the sake of eternity, Um, you know, I think one of one of the driving images for me, um, one of the things that you know, I really wished in my heart that I can convey. I, you know, I don't know if if it's taken or not, but um, I heard a sermon by John Piper, and he was talking about his dad, who was talking about another gentleman, right, who was at a revival meeting, and you know, apparently people were praying for this gentleman for decades, and he came to know Christ. Right? He was like 78 or something like that, and he came to know Christ. And as he was in the front, John Piper's father was talking with him or something like that, and he said the man was just weeping and weeping and weeping, right? And what he was saying was, I've wasted it, right? I've wasted my life, right? He was lamenting the fact that after he was 78 when he came to know Christ, right? And he thought of all the years wasted up to that point, right? And so, you know, my hope really is just for us as we think about the harvest, as we think about the seeds that we have, right? In my mind, the picture I have is, you know, if God gives us all one sack of seeds, right? We don't know how many seeds we have. Some may have big sacks, some may, may not, right? But if we're called to sow our seeds in either of two places, the flesh or the spirit, right? The flesh leading to destruction and the spirit leading to eternal life. I feel like with everything that we have, you know, why aren't we putting everything into, that, into the spirit? Why not? So my hope is that, you know, at the end, you know, even, even at the end of our day or our week, that we wouldn't regret, but that we could say that we gave uh, to the harvest, we sowed to the harvest, that we didn't give up in perseverance for that which was eternal. Um, so let's, let's pray. Would you all pray with me? Let me just invite the worship team up.
again, you know, it's it's not about me, but it, you know, let's take a moment to just respond. Um, you know, as the Holy Spirit uh, takes God's word and um, brings it to our heart. Maybe it's a matter of just uh, just acknowledging the things that we uh, sow into that, that are a part of our flesh, that disregard what pleases God and just for the sake of pleasing ourselves. So in faith, let's just let go of those things and let's say, you know, in our hearts, just Christ, you know, give me a heart to sow toward the Spirit. That'd be that my mind would be set on things that are eternal. And I wouldn't regret having wasted the seeds that I've sown. So let's just take a moment to respond. You know, again, however, spirit reason your heart, and then you know, and then I'll just close our time out in prayer. God, we thank you that uh, just in you, there's much grace, Lord God. And even as I look at my own life, Lord, I know that there are so many seeds that I can't take back, God. That were you to count it against me, Lord, I would be just, just lost in death, Lord God. But because of your son, because of Jesus Christ, Lord God, there's the forgiveness of those sins, Lord God. And you take these seeds that were sown and, and you bring life into them, Lord God. And so we thank you that, God, we, we have um, yeah, just, just a Savior who knows our hearts and that leads us into the harvest field, Lord God. And so we pray that as a church, God, as we um, continue on in this series, that you would help us to see the field, Lord God. You would help us to see that, that, that the harvest is ready, Lord God that you give us the strength and the courage to follow you into that harvest, Lord God. We pray that we will be a church that would sow to that end, Lord. That our comfort, our pride, our maybe even the dreams that we have that, that aren't in line with yours, that all these things we can let go for you, Lord God. And so we just thank you, God. We ask just your blessing over um, just the rest of our time. We pray these things in Christ's name.